We don't have to worry about what's wrong with the world if we're just committed to being part of what's right with the world, because what's wrong will fall away. It eventually is going to be seen through for what it is, because we can feel that. That's really what storytelling is all about. And we have been burned, so we're a little more skeptical. We kind of don't take the same risks because we see through that. And, uh, and so when you are giving uh, in a way that people can feel, that's what's going, that's all we have to worry about is just keeping it real. From cave drawings to family histories to stories around the fire, humans crave order among chaos, connection amid isolation. So we tell stories. Our mission at the Storytellers Network is to bring the art of story to the masses. Whether you're in marketing, you're an entrepreneur, or you're developing your own personal brand, telling your story effectively can make the difference between celebrating milestones and collecting unemployment. The Storytellers Network strives to help storytellers tell their stories so you can learn from the best. Now, your host, the inbound evangelist himself, Dan Moyle. Welcome to the podcast, the Storytellers Network. My name is Dan Moyle, and I'm your host. And I believe firmly in the power of story, and it's going to come through in this episode. Whether it's personal connections, whether it's business business networking, storytelling is what connects us, and it separates us from all other life on Earth. And we're about to dive into yet another amazing story with a storyteller who just will blow off your socks. All right, uh, but before we do, a quick reminder that our, my website has great resources available past episodes and contact information for me you can visit the storytellersnetwork.com for all that and if you're new text the word storytellers to 31996 to subscribe to the show uh that's 31996 just text storytellers and you'll get an auto response that will have you all set up to subscribe now today's guest is Kristen Hartnagel and this 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 quote from her linkedin page will say it all for you um but I'll tell you a little bit about her as well be a magnet not a megaphone. And she says it in the interview. See if you catch it. But I, I love that idea. And if you've been following the Storytellers Network at all for a little while, you know that I'm also the, the inbound evangelist and, and that magnet thing. That is absolutely what I, what I believe in firmly. So, so Kristen, uh, she's a, a branding coach, personal brand strategist working for a brand builders group. I love their mission. They're a personal brand strategy firm for influencers and entrepreneurs. And their services are designed to clarify your positioning expand your reach and increase your revenues. It's very direct and very just, it makes sense, right? And Kristen has been a, a professional trainer and speaker for years, inspiring others from the stage. And that's part of why I invited her onto the show for this season of Inspirational Storytellers. Also, she's here to offer a little insight into how to craft your personal brand as a storyteller. She has some great tips. It's almost like a master class, is what it feels like. So I think you'll get a lot out of this one. Uh, my favorite line from her LinkedIn profile though, uh, out of all of them, she is leading a movement to help people release the past, live in the presence, and take charge of their future. She also happens to be a singer-songwriter. I'd say it's safe to say she's a storyteller. Let's find out and get to Kristen's stories. So Kristen, thank you so much for joining me uh, on the Storytellers Network. It is a pleasure to have you here. How are you today? I am so fine, and I really appreciate the opportunity, Dan. Absolutely. I'm excited because when we connected and I realized how much you do for storytellers and, and especially in this season of inspirational storytellers, I thought it's going to be great to have you on and get some advice. But also then I got to know you a little bit more and learn about you and you're an inspirational storyteller as well. So this is going to be great. I'm excited. <laughs> me too. Now, let me ask you, I assume you consider yourself a storyteller, right? 
I do because I'm a, a songwriter and as a parent, you kind of paint the picture for your children and with sales, you're painting pictures all the time for your prospects and your clients. And yeah, I, I can't think of anybody who really isn't a storyteller. Maybe they don't know it, but I think everybody is. Yeah, I think so too. And I hear that sometimes is like, I'll ask that people will say, Oh, I guess I am. I didn't think about it, but I, I kind of think we all are. Do you, do you know where that kind of started for you where you recognize that? You know, my mom would read a book to me and my sister every night and she would sing to us every night. And I turned around and read stories to my kids and sang to them every night. So I think that really came naturally. Plus I love movies and it's fun to get lost in books. And, and so I think when you're absorbing it on the intake, it really makes it kind of natural, more natural anyway, to, to give it back. So yeah. that's kind of how it started. Cool. And then, and I, I love the idea of it starting when you're read to, I did that with my daughters and uh, we're a reading family. So it's that, that innate, it's, I mean, it is natural, but it's also taught because of that. So that's, that's cool to hear that. Yeah. And you said songwriter. So let's dive into that a little bit. How, how do you see songwriting as part of who you are? Is it kind of a hobby? Is it who you are professionally? Is it both? I mean, if you do so many things as a storyteller, where does music fit into that for you? It's fascinating to me because almost everything could be a song. I can see a color, I can see a car. And because my sister and I are both singer songwriters, it, we're constantly calling one another saying, wrote a song, want to hear it? Here it goes. And just singing to each other on the phone and inspiration is just um, everywhere you look really. I love that. Um, how has that journey been for you then? I mean, when you say singer songwriter, uh, I, I know the answer to this, but let's get it, give it to the listeners. It's not just in your garage, like a garage band. Like I used to have a guitar over here that I let my brother borrow because I used to play a little bit of bass, but only for myself, basically. It's more than that for you though, Kristen, right? I mean, you, like, you've got some, some stories there, right? Yeah. I think I wrote my first song at like 12 or 13 mm -hmm. and it was one of those deep pining love songs that preteens have. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, and so sometimes it's like, I want to write a song about something and I try, but more often than not, it's almost like this gift uh, that's given to me in the form of a complete idea or an inspiration to write a song about. And in, in a few cases, it's even felt like a download, like it came from somewhere other than me, but here's a song in its entirety and you better get it down or it's gone. <laughs> so it's kind of fun that way. Absolutely. And, and what is it that moves you to, to do that? What do you get out of songwriting as a storytelling platform? Hmm. As opposed to like just telling stories, I guess, maybe. Well, yeah, I, music to me communicates at the level of the soul. It kind of bypasses the thinking mind. So when I'm speaking, if I'm delivering like a keynote, if I can do a keynote concert and find a song that's going to amplify or align with the message, I know my audience is going to get it at levels that they might not if I were just speaking. Because when somebody is speaking, our mind is kind of going, do I believe that or do I not believe that? But a song, you kind of feel and it, and it, so it kind of short circuits that part of it. And people remember 
how you make them feel so much more than what you say, right? No doubt about it. That's why stories are so important because they really kind of help tap into the way you're feeling. Absolutely. And so, so you've got your, your songwriting singing career. I'm going to link in the show notes to your YouTube channel. I listen to a couple of the songs. Love it. Um, Thank you. A lot of fun. It's, it is cool to like, I'm a creative person, but I don't consider myself, I'm not a singer. You don't want to hear that. Uh, I've written poetry over the years, kind of like that preteen angst. (laughs) Oh yeah. I would hate to see it now, but (laughs) But I love to see the the behind the scenes of that. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. How do you, how do you go? So you said you can sometimes write things. You see inspiration everywhere. You, you feel like it's downloaded. Do you have a particular way that you write for music in order to tell a story, or is it just kind of depend on the on the the muse at the time? Um, you know what I I love make believe, and I remember learning that the mind doesn't know the difference between observing something like you're watching a movie or reading a book or when you're experiencing it. And so for me, songwriting is another avenue to help tap into that. Can I make somebody, can I emote uh, or can I convey something so strongly that people will have an emotion, uh, an emotional reaction? In fact, one of my like when I go into meditation before I go out and perform or give a keynote, part of what I'm saying is, you know, guide the words that I say, because all I really want is to touch their heart and to move them and connect with them in a way. So sometimes I have to go back and listen to what I said because I don't really even remember. It does feel like when you surrender and kind of get out of your own way, that whatever they need comes through you. And that's, that's so beautiful when it can happen that way. So songwriting is very much like that for me. And do you take that idea and share that with like your clients, for instance, as you're teaching people how to be, you know, better storytellers, uh, expand their reach, clarify positioning. Do you use that feeling language with them too? Absolutely. And so part of, as a personal brand strategist, part of helping people know how to get clear on their message so that they can be a magnet, not a megaphone. You know, when we try to appeal to the whole world, we end up appealing to nobody. So we need to find a way to cut through the noise and find a way to articulate what makes you different than everybody else out there. Um, So when we get into the way you're making your clients feel, when you can climb inside the mind of, say, your ideal client or an avatar and really know the problem you solve for them, then everything that comes through you, your messaging is connecting with them emotionally and it is more, um, it's, it's going to resonate with them and attract them more. So a lot of it is about emotion because man, we as Sally Hogshead said it really well. We can't all be better. Different is better than better. Let's find out what makes you different and what makes you connect with people and really highlight that to kind of bring it all into alignment. Absolutely. <clears throat> and, and I, I've heard it said similarly from somebody that I follow, Christopher Lockhead, uh, follow your different used to be legends and losers podcast same kind of thing you know niche down or niche down and, you got it uh, yeah you can't be everything to everyone is that is that hard for people to hear that you can't be everything to everyone when you get into this personal branding i would say when when we talk to people who 
are in that entrepreneurial launch space, like I know that I have this passion on my heart that the world needs, it can sometimes feel like we're pouring cold water on it when we say, let's really narrow it down so that you can become known as the go-to person in this space. Because if we are trying to do everything, then we end up just getting lost. There's this philosophy we call Sheehan's Wall. And if we're trying to be all things to all people, we're just more noise. We just bounce right off that wall. So if we can just narrow it down to that thing that you can do that nobody else can do like you can, then you can break through that wall. And once you've broken through that wall, you get to expand your reach and you get to curate that audience and find other ways to serve them. So Oprah said, sometimes we have to do what we have to do until we get to do what we want to do. And that's, that can kind of be frustrating. You're right to reel it back a little bit first. And, and the other thing too, that I think I wonder if people have a hard time with is that as much as I get it, and I think a lot of listeners do, some might be sitting there thinking, this sounds a lot like, just, just kind of hinky, like, the, like unicorns and rainbows and peace and love. And how do you, can, can you kind of combine a little bit of that, like deep thinking, high level kind of emotional stuff with like statistics, basically? I mean, can you combine those two worlds? Is that how you guys do that? Well, sure. So number one, I think the best way to think of it is there's logic. There's like the art and the science and the art would be your external messaging, what the world sees, what you are offering. And then there's how to logically look at, um, if you're going to create an engine for automation, if you're going to create a product that can be a, a digital, whether it's a video series or a membership, how do you create the automation behind that? And then if you're driving people to your website, it's a numbers game. Are you willing and can you pay to drive people to your website? And then you just, once you kind of know the math of, reverse engineering, how many people does it take to get onto your page in order for them to watch a webinar? And how many people have to get through this part of the webinar before they go to the buying page and, and all of that. So it, there is an art and a science to it. And I think that it goes well beyond the dream stage to creating a structure and a roadmap and then having kind of a guide hold your hand through the implementation because there's a lot of different information out there. And the last thing we want to do is just give a bunch more information and say, good luck. See you later. <laughs> We're really interested in, in helping make sure that people are taking those ideas and, and actually applying them and doing the exercises and implementing that. And so that's really how, how you, how Kristen, but also how the brand builders group set yourselves apart then it sounds like is not only through story and, and inspiring, but also through actually working with folks then, right? Absolutely. And I think we come by it, the story part very naturally. One of our co-founders, Rory Vaden, is a New York Times bestselling author and wrote um, Take the Stairs, did that TED Talk that you shared on LinkedIn called How to Multiply Time. And as a young man, 
he knew he wanted to be a motivational speaker. So he was like number two in the international Toastmasters championship. And um, now that he's kind of done what his dream was, it's his passion and therefore our whole team's passion to help shorten the learning curve so other people can do it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a speaker or a coach or a consultant or even a fitness trainer, anybody who has that entrepreneurial spirit, there is a methodology to taking it from the space of an idea into a viable business. And it's a lot. It's a lot. There's so much that needs to happen. That's why you can read all the books that we read and talk to all the mentors that helped us, but it would shorten the learning curve to partner with somebody who can kind of walk through that. And so storytelling and the methodology go right there hand in hand. Incredibly fascinating. Now, if so, you know, Rory's giving back, this is what you all do. So obviously there's the courses online, there's um, you know, a free course, people can test it out. But if you were to say, okay, uh, if you were to start a, a one hour masterclass with someone, we don't have to go into everything right now. <laughs> but if you were to start a one-hour masterclass, where would you encourage storytellers to start in order to find that voice and, and really clarify their message? Um, it, to me, it all starts with understanding what problem do I solve. And so when I ask people that, typically they go into all of the benefits. Well, when people work with me, they get this, 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 and this. And it, I, let, I want them to get that all out because it's great to know all the benefits that working with you are going to provide your clients. But benefits are not the same as a problem. So we almost want to take each benefit that you listed and think about what is the inverse of that. Because unless I can make somebody feel that they need me, I am just part of the noise. So we need to break free from talking about the benefits to talking about the problem and articulating it in a way that people can feel, oh my gosh, how did she know? It's like she crawled inside my head. I need her solution. So if we can get clear on how do I communicate the problem that I solve? So let's just take a fitness instructor as an example. There are fitness instructors who are wanting people to get their strength back so that they can live like they used to. There are fitness instructors who want people to eat well and have a sound body. There are fitness instructors who want to help you lose weight. So we don't want these fitness instructors to just be drowning in the sea of fitness instructors. Get really clear on why should somebody work with you over any other fitness instructor? And so what problem are you specifically solving? And the biggest challenge is, can you get that down to one word? So is it pain? Is it time? Like I have a 10 minute workout, so it's gonna save you time. And, and so this really isn't something that we can do in an hour. It's something that really, there's an exercise to kind of pull it out and look at it differently and look at it at a different angle and really work it down until we get the problem that you solve. That doesn't mean you're going to start marketing the problem that you solve. But if you know the problem you solve, it now becomes a filter through which all of your other messaging is, is put through. It's like the litmus test. And if you do know the problem you solve, it also helps you tell the story better. That's a, uh, that's a lot of work. 
<laughs> and I keep thinking about, you know, what, what I do, you know, as, as a marketer, what I think I do and, and what problems I, problems I solve. But, but it sounds like what you're kind of talking about is don't think of all the problems you solve. Think of the one problem you solve really well. Yeah. Sound right? You got it. You yeah. got it. Now there's a whole brand DNA helix that we work people through. So the first question is what problem do you solve? But it's married with uh, kind of weighed against what am I passionate about? No. Because just because I solve the problem, do I see myself solving that for the next 10 to 15 years? And if I'm not passionate about solving that problem for people, then I don't want to build a business around it. So we want to kind of weigh those out. And then the second set of questions would be, what have you researched or what are you an expert in? Now, some people kind of shy away. I don't want to call myself an expert, but you know, we kind of have to own that. If I am saying I know something and I want to draw people to me, um, don't I have to kind of own the fact that I know something that I want to impart to them? <laughs> and so what have I researched? And then you have to weigh that against what have I experienced? What do I have results in? So I spend my time researching this, but haven't we all had experience with somebody who can walk, who can talk the talk, but we don't feel like they've walked the walk. So it has to be, what have I researched and what do I have results in? Whether that's your life experience or, um, the results that you're getting with clients. So those two kind of need to be weighed against one another. And then it's how do you monetize that? So the third set of questions is what would people buy from you? And then just because somebody would buy it from you does not mean that's the kind of business you want to be in. So we want to weigh what would people buy from you against what kind of business do you want to be in? And that helps us know, is it going to be you as a service? You're going to go out there and coach or you're going to start speaking or start training, or is it going to be more of an online product or is it going to be a combination of both? So we want to think through a primary business model and then maybe what's a, maybe a longer term. A lot of times a coach will think that's it. I'm just a coach. But then as we go through this together, they realize, you know what? I could do this online kind of education, reach a lot more people and keep coaching, but make that more of an elite higher end kind of product. And that way I'm able to serve way more people and still do what I love to do. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, I, and it's funny because I've, I've seen that kind of happen with some folks and it's, it's very interesting and it's not something that I think, like you said, Kristen, not many people think about, I'm, yeah. I'm a coach. I'm just a consultant. I'm just a, like, you can do so much more. Right. Um, you've got so much good stuff and, and so much to offer and, and you certainly uh, feel like the expert. And, and I think you are. <laughs> how, how did you get to that point as a, I mean, as, as a storyteller, you're a singer songwriter. It sounds like you've got some really cool passions, but in this business world, I mean, you, you've got some experience and some chops. How did you get to that? How did you get to that point? I guess, is there hope for everybody? <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely. First of all, I surround myself with people who know more than I do. And uh, if you can do that and just learn as much as you can possibly learn, that's a great way to, to be a, a master or to keep improving. Uh, and there's really, it's like that Kaizen, that continual improvement. There is no finish line. And so 
wanting to, to know more. And so that's really, what do you spend time researching? You spend time researching how to build a personal brand and how to break through the noise and how to expand your reach and how to improve your reputation. Um, Cause if people don't know about you, they can't do business with you. So I would say that I would say enthusiasm. Um, just, I know that it's hard work, but I, I love what I do. One of my affirmations is actually, I do what I love and I love what I do and everything I touch turns to gold. And so when you just kind of have that attitude, um, it really, it really helps. But I've worked with these people in other capacities. And so it's the people that I choose to work with and then whatever it is we want to do, I know we're capable of doing it because we've worked together before. So I think that's a good thing. Surround yourself with good people. Absolutely. And, it, and it's, I heard someone say once relationships are the ultimate currency and not that you need to cash them in and, and take from people, but, but they are the ultimate currency. I mean, the, the more people you surround yourself with, the more opportunities come. So that's, that's great advice. You got it. So I want to get back to a little bit of, of your personal storytelling and professional, but your storytelling part of it. What do you find um, as one of the biggest challenges to storytelling uh, in this day and age? You know, I would say the challenge comes from making sure you're being real, making sure that you're tuned in and present with who you're talking to, because we can all be in our own heads and thinking about what we're going to say next. And I think if we're really listening, then we're more out of, we get kind of get out of our own way. We allow it to, you know, that authenticity to flow through um, when we get out of our own way. So the challenge to storytelling is having too much of an agenda, <laughs> not being real. And that, that word authentic is used a lot right now, especially in marketing, but it really does come down to that who you are, the authenticity. I mean, it is, it's a buzzword for a reason, I guess, right? Like it's real. You're right. And I think uh, I've had a lot of people who go, oh, don't use that authenticity word again. But it, it boils down to, can people feel your heart? Can people feel that you mean what you say and that um, you're true? Um, you, you believe, you believe what you say, <laughs> you know, not, not, it's more important that you believe what you say than it is that anybody else does. But if you truly believe what you say, then that can be felt. And I think that that's what's important about being a good storyteller is that you're getting that message across in a way that connects with the people emotionally. Yeah. Especially when you're that solopreneur, you are kind of the face of your own brand. You got you, it. You don't believe it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I look at it too, is there are consumers who have transactions and that's fine. You know, I don't have to have a relationship with, let's say Coca-Cola to buy a Coke. It's just a transaction, but there's still a relationship there with that brand. And then with other things, we, we do business with those whom we get to know, like, and trust. And so that authenticity again comes through in that. Um, it comes through in our stories. So got it. Yeah. Well, and why do you think that a Coca-Cola would want a celebrity endorser, somebody to, you know, hold the bottle and drink if people, if they want to relate, they want their buyers, consumers to relate to that person because people do business with people more than they do business with businesses. Yeah. And that's why branding is just 
the buzzword because everybody's understanding if I can put a face to this, if I can put something real that people can relate to, it is more than just a business. So I guess celebrity endorsements work <laughs> and we want to really kind of put a face to the, the people that we're going to know, like, and trust, right? Right. So for the storytellers that, aren't, that don't have the Coca-Cola budget, <laughs> we can't have those celebrities. How do storytellers, now we talked a lot about branding and, and I think we probably have, have kind of answered this, but I kind of want to ask it this way too. How do those storytellers best understand what branding really is? Cause it's not just a logo. I got a cool logo that says Dan Moyle professional speaker. It's so much more than that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, branding is like a conceptual word and it's a word that is misunderstood. I mean, people make assumptions that Brand Builders Group is going to help you design your logo or is going to tell you what your website should look like. And actually, specifically, Brand Builders Group doesn't do anything with design at this point. We're really all about the messaging. So when somebody is thinking about what does branding mean for me, it's how do I stand out so that people are drawn to me for what I do that's different than anybody else out there competing in my space. And to be honest, most people at first, they don't know. They don't know what makes them different. That's what they're struggling with. They're like, I am just another fitness instructor, for example, or I, why should somebody hire me to speak at their venue than any other speaker out there? And if you don't know what makes you different, then how is anybody else going to choose you? That's the work that we want to help people do is climb inside, pull things out, do some exercises that are kind of, it's more than self-reflection. In fact, one of the clients that we'll be working with at the end of January, he, he actually owns his own marketing firm. And he said, Kristen, I do this all day, every day with my own clients but I wouldn't dream of doing it for myself because I'm way too close to it. I, I know that I would be giving you answers and I don't know if those are the right answers. So I need to be challenged. I need somebody to pull it apart and look at it from different angles to really help figure that out. And, and that's what personal branding is when it comes to the work that we do with people. So you could help a marketer market himself. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, does it take a certain a certain level of ego to be able to say those things like I'm an expert, you should hire me over somebody else. This is who I am. Or is it, is it less ego and just more confidence? Can there be ego and humility together? That's an interesting way to think about that. And I think that there are many people who kind of shy away. We actually changed our question. It used to be, what are you an expert in? But so many people had that reaction, whoa, I don't want to claim to be an expert. It really helped us go, there is a confidence issue here. I mean, honestly, how dare we claim to have something that we want people to buy from us if we're not going to own that we have something that they don't know. <laughs> so I don't have the right to ask people to work with me if I don't believe I know something or I have some information that could help them. So we do have to step into our power. We have to have the confidence. We have to have, we have, to have put in the time. 
uh, we can't fake it. So if there are egomaniacs out there or people who are claiming to be experts, and, and maybe that's why we're so shy, we've all been burned by somebody who claimed to be an expert and really wasn't. So we need to put in the time to do the research and to know our stuff and to get the experience. And that's what really helps us. Um, so, so we have this reputation formula. Reputation is, is who knows about you. So reputation can be both good and bad. Mm -hmm. So we want to be known, but we also have to have results. And so you could have the results of Mother Teresa, but if nobody knows about you, nobody can do business with you. So that's why both are important. So our reputation formula says results times reach equals reputation. So it's the reach, having the results, having people be, know who you are, being known in that space as the go-to person, that's what equals the reputation. And having that reach is obviously important, but it's more than just having followers on Twitter. It's, it's having actual interaction, I would guess. How do we build that in this noisy world today? You know, I think that is really part of what makes the methodology. It's not the brand builder's way. It's certainly not, you know, the Rory Vaden way. It is giving something of value for free to, to the people who you know need it, who are out there so that they notice you. And when you're willing, when you're not, when you kind of come from that abundance mentality instead of a scarcity mentality, then you know that if I'm willing to give it away, I'm going to get the attention of the people who need me. And they're actually going to scratch their heads and say, why are you willing to give this such valuable content away for free. And it's because, well, now we've just scratched the surface and you've noticed us, but there's so much more. What else can we do to serve you? How else can we help? So when it comes to the noise of social media, I would say what we commonly see is people saying, here are my top three tips for blah, blah, blah. And so the average person goes, well, thanks for the tip, but they don't notice you enough to be engaged and want to come back. What would be more effective is, let's just say you make a six minute video and you spend the first half of the video describing the problem. Then you spend the second half of the video offering the solution. Well, the first half of the video is what makes people go, oh my gosh, how did she, it's like she climbed inside my head. And then they really need the solution. And that is how we are more genuine on uh, social media is that we're um, articulating what we do in a way that resonates with the people who are going to be in our core target audience. And then we give them information and then we invite them to come back follow me on Instagram, connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you like this, sign up for my free video course. And that's the way to really engage an audience and get them to love what you're offering and, and want more. Uh, speaking of get out of my head, get out of my head. Cause I, <laughs> I love it. We, we're so aligned, Kristen. This is what I've been screaming about for the last eight years or whatever it's been. I've been doing marketing is it, we, we have all seen this coming 
and and there's room for the people who have are doing what you're saying exactly there's room for those people even in the sea of all the i'm gonna rent a lamborghini and in this really nice apartment in new york to show you that i'm rich and i can make you rich kind of people yeah they're they're, they're fake and, and that's so that's okay it's it's the world but the authentic storytellers and entrepreneurs and and people that you're working with professionals are just there's room for them so the storytellers listening there's room for you right there is definitely room for you and we don't have to worry about what's wrong with the world if we're just committed to being part of what's right with the world because what's wrong will fall away it eventually is going to be seen through for what it is because we can feel that that's really what storytelling is all about and we have been burned so we're a little more skeptical we kind of don't take the same risks because we see through that and uh and so when you are giving uh, in a way that people can feel that's what's going that's all we have to worry about is just keeping it real absolutely how did now how do you see uh, over your experience um and also as a as a songwriter and and everything else that you do how do you see that social media affecting the craft of storytelling? Has it made it better or worse? What's it done to us? You know, in a good way, we can let the world know about the parts of our lives that really do make us who we are, like the singer-songwriter me, the parent me, the volunteer me, the hiker me, more than just who I am at work. So I think social media has, I mean, it used to be that a company would look at your social media to see if you've get, been a good person or a bad person to see if they're going to hire you or not. But smart companies now are looking at your following and your engagement because they know that you, if you love your job, <laughs> you're going to be posting about it. And that's going to be casting nets that they could never have cast without you. And so I think companies are getting really lit up by um, authentic <laughs> engagement on social media. But in a bad way, um, I think social media can be hurtful because we can be so cruel to one another. It's, um, it's so much easier to just crush someone and not take responsibility for that because you couldn't feel the pain they were feeling because it was so remote. So um, I think there's good and bad, but again, if we're part of the solution and not part of the problem, it, it helps to kind of take care of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a, a good way to combat is to be part of the good. Um, yeah. I, I mean, as with anything, and I've, and I've heard this uh, said about social media as well, as with anything, a tool can be positive or negative. A hammer can build or destroy. Mm -hmm. You just have to be able to use it the right way. So you got great it. stuff, great stuff, Kristen. And I, I, I love it. What else? would you say to a storyteller just start, starting out, how, what would you say to encourage them to keep at it when they're in that midst of, uh, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a, a national speaker yet. I'm not an entrepreneur who's been featured in Inc magazine. Maybe I should just go back to my old job or whatever it is. Right. What would you encourage them with? Wow. That really reminds me of um, a song. See, everything reminds me of a song. <laughs> I love but it. But there are two lines from this song, and I want you to feel the way each line makes you feel. So the first is, ships are safe within the harbor. Doesn't that kind of make you feel tucked in? Mm -hmm. But the second line is, but is that what ships are for? And doesn't that just go 
right between the eyes. No, <laughs> ships are not meant to be safe in the harbor. Ships are meant to take on the sea. The sea when it's calm and inviting and the sea when it's raging with uncertainty. And I think we cheat ourselves when we play it safe. I mean, in my own life, I had what I would call like a spiritual nudging, like a little tap on the shoulder. You were meant for more. You should be doing something different. You know what you were born to do. I've placed this on your heart. If it wasn't placed on your heart, you wouldn't be feeling this way. And it kind of got louder and louder until it was like this two by four upside the head. <laughs> and honestly, what happened was it was like, I'm going to take away everything that feels safe to you. So you will finally do what you were born to do. Okay, have no choice. <laughs> and I think we don't need to wait for that. I think we need to trust ourselves more. Um, I think if we have this calling to be of service, it is the calling that only you can fulfill. And if we just stay with our nine to five and stay safe, it's almost like saying, thanks for the gift, but I'm going to ignore it and keep doing this over here. And we can't do that forever without it chipping away at our self-respect. Mm -hmm. Great encouragement, Kristen. I love it. Um, if, if somebody were to tell you tomorrow that you can no longer tell stories, what last story would you want to go out on? Well, the story I would want to go out on is again, a very soul searching, deep thinking story that moved me have you heard of Neil Donald Walsh who wrote Conversations with God? I've, I've heard the Conversations with God, yeah. Yeah, he wrote a children's book. And the children's book is called The Little Soul and the Sun. And so I remember when I read this book, I thought, if I had all the money in the world, I would want to put this book in every person's hand because it really does kind of remove the veils of what we judge. So if I could tell that story in a nutshell, it's basically when we're up there in heaven, getting ready to come down here to earth, we're talking to God about what we want to be. And this one little soul says, oh, I know, I know, I want to be forgiveness. And God laughs a little and says, <laughs> there, there, little soul, how could you possibly be forgiveness when there's nothing to forgive? And the little soul goes, shoot, I really wanted to be forgiveness. Oh, well, I'll go back and think of something else to be. But then another little soul roll, runs up and says, I know, I know, I'll be something that you can forgive so that you can be forgiveness. And God said, wow, that's a great idea. So this little soul who's offering this help says, so here's the deal. I'll go down and I'll do something so dark and so terrible that you will get to go down and experience yourself as forgiveness. Won't that be amazing? But I just have one favor to ask. When I do this terrible thing, don't forget who I really am. Because I might get so lost in the role, I don't want to forget. I might need you to help me remember. Isn't that a powerful story? Wow, that's amazing. 
<laughs> I love that I story. Guess, I guess the goosebumps up right there, doesn't it? Man. It's a deep one. It's a deep one. But it's all about who are we to judge and we're all innocent and it just is a matter of perspective. And mm. you know, that's what my life is all about. <laughs> awesome. That's fantastic. That's that's a great story to go to on. Thank you. Well, Kristen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for making time for the Storytellers Network. Uh, Thanks for having me, Dan. Absolutely. Now, I'll I'll include some links in the show notes, but is there any particular place that's best to find you? Well, I do have LinkedIn, and we have a Brand Builders Group Facebook as well as a website. There is a way to sign up for a free video course on First Steps to Famous to help you know how to be more known in your space. And so we'll put a link up for that. That would be great to get to know your listeners out there. Absolutely. We'll do that for sure. Once again, an absolute pleasure, Kristen. Thank you so much, Dan. Have a great rest of your evening. So there you have it. Kristen Hartnagel. Thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on the show. You can connect with her at the links in the show notes. There's plenty there. Uh, And if you enjoyed the episode and you think somebody else can benefit from it, please consider sharing because sharing is caring. Throw it up on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you spend your time. Uh, text someone, however you get it to them. Really appreciate that. And if you want to share your story with me or just connect, go to the storytellersnetwork.com, hit the contact Dan button on the contact page, send me an email and let me know what you love or don't love about the show. And let's have a conversation until next time. Here's to telling our stories and having stories to tell. Cheers.